24. Welcome to your Monday, April 24th. And this morning you may have heard Matt and Sapria talking with the mayor of Waterloo about poopy, 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 poo, the dog uh, variety of the poo and how they are turning it into bio waste. They've got a new pilot project going on in Waterloo. What I wanted to know is how are they doing that? We are joined now by Steve Cherish Nishi, who is the VP at Sutara, who are the company responsible of turning this waste into biofuel. Welcome to the show, Steve. Hi, Kelly. Thanks for having me. I, uh, I'm so happy you're here, and I want to, off the top, just apologize. If your mother and everybody you know calls you Stephen, then I will too. Hi, Stephen. Hi. So, Stephen, is this about energy production or garbage reduction? Uh, both. Both. Um, kind of how we started it, uh, it started from a different angle um, and kind of had a, a life of its own that a lot of people are resonating with the power, but that's actually not initially why we, uh, we invented this product. Okay, why did you? Um, initially, we looked at um, um, the issues that dog waste has, specifically the actually hazardous um, to humans. Uh, we did a lot of studies on um, the impacts of dog waste in our society as well as humans, such as a couple of fun uh, poop facts. Mm. Um, bacteria and the viruses in dogs can actually survive up to four years even after the uh, the dog waste has been washed away, let's say. Mm. Um, so the bacteria is still there. Um, for, furthermore, that dog feces is actually third on the list of contributors to contaminated water. So testing has shown that up to 20 to 30 percent of all bacteria in urban watersheds are actually from dog waste. So then we started looking at, okay, well, comparative to human waste, how does it compare? And we were surprised to find out that a single dog will produce more bacteria in one day than a person, a horse, and a cow combined. Wow. And now, is this good bacteria or bad bacteria? Because there's two kinds now, right? Yeah, this is bad bacteria. So, like, one gram of dog waste can contain uh, over 23 million fecal uh, bacteria. Wow. Cause like cramps and, and, and a whole bunch of other things. So make sure you are uh, washing your hands quite well after you pick up the dog poop in the yard, I'm guessing. Absolutely. And, and you know, the U.S. has uh, done some, some further studies where the EPA actually has classified pet waste as a dangerous pollutant in the same category as toxic chemicals and oil. Wow. Yeah. And even in, um, they've done air samples in Cleveland and Detroit, and they found that 10 to 50% of the bacteria from the air that we breathe come from dog poop. That is absolutely incredible. So how do you take this dog uh, dew after it's collected in the pilot project at Waterloo? We heard all about it with Matt and Supreme on the morning show. But how do you turn dog waste into energy? Explain that process. Yeah, so what we've done is um, with the unit that we've created, um, it's actually serviced by a vacuum truck so that, therefore, human interaction is, is, is not prevalent anymore. So what happens is it, it gets taken, the, the dog unit, uh, the dog waste, gets taken to an intake pit at the, um, the digester, um, and it's mixed in with other components such as other organic waste, food waste, and manure. Mm-hmm. And then for the next 30 to 90 days, the contents are then processed by being heated and stirred like in a big tank uh, that's oxygen-free. And then within that time period, the bacteria from the dog waste actually begins to digest, and the material that it releases is a biogas, which is an off-product. From that, the biogas is then collected, cooled, and cleaned, and then used to run generators, which produce electricity and heat. 
and the digestate, which is the leftover stuff, is used as a second byproduct, which is liquid fertilizer, which is used on the crops locally as well. So are you essentially starving the bacteria when you say it's anaerobic? Correct. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. So uh, that then, the, the two byproducts, one of them you're going to use as a fertilizer, is the bad bacteria then completely uh, broken down? I would assume it is. Yep. So the process kills 100% of all pathogens, removes the orders, and captures the greenhouse gases from the input material. So what's interesting to know is the unit itself um, is actually stored underground. So the individual will come to the receptacle and, and put the deposit in, mm-hmm. and it is actually stored underground where we're able to capture the lower temperatures, so therefore minimizing the smell and also containing it from any you know, pests that you know, are attracted to such items. So do you have to, be, I guess then you can't move these. These, these are not floating uh, receptacles. So no, because if we looked at the current methodology, a lot of the receptacles, they're small and they're above ground. So they have to handled manually. And the other thing is because they're small, they have to be serviced often. Mm. So because they're actually in ground, we're able to increase the uh, capacity of it, therefore actually uh, requiring the servicing to be less, which then has the offshoot of reducing carbon footprint with actually servicing vehicles as well. That's fascinating. So uh, why aren't more people doing this? I mean, this it's happening in Waterloo right now, but if dog waste is, is so hazardous to our health um, and, you know, it can, you know, create a biogas that can heat or, uh, you know, uh, I guess power something else, why aren't we doing this? Um, I think it's, it's, it's education and also um, status quo, if I could say that. Uh, what we've tried to do is we try to look at uh, a problem in a non-traditional way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one we've included in the design process. We've included uh, many different stakeholders within the process, such as users, service providers, and the processors, to really kind of understand what the limitations are in the current system and really engineer them out. What's interesting to know, Kelly, is that one unit itself, service, actually creates enough power to power one household for an entire year. Wow. I mean, yeah. I, I have a dog, and if you had more than one dog, you could, could this ever be used? Could th- we actually see ourselves moving in a direction where you could actually uh, do this uh, with a smaller, um, I guess, piece of machinery and, and power your house? I mean, I know I'm, I'm going long term here, but why not? Well, I, you have to be careful because the anaerobic digester, the way that it works, uh, it works on high heat. Um, Currently, uh, commercial and residential yard comp- composters, mm-hmm. uh, they do not achieve the required temperatures to kill the pathogens found in waste. And people don't use them correctly anyways. Th- correct. Um, and furthermore, you know, the other options are available. We're not really environmentally friendly as well mm-hmm. because some municipalities, they, they recommend that you flush it down the toilet, mm-hmm. which definitely adds strain, strain to our, our sewage system. Uh, expensive chemicals and energy are used to treat it. Uh, and, you know, uses more water in a time when we are required to conserve more. It's, it's, it's a good way, though, when you're looking forward to a cost-effective energy. It's a good way to, to produce it. I really appreciate your, uh, your time today. It's been fascinating, Stephen. Well, thank you, Kelly. Thank and you I wish time. you the best of luck on this project. Thank you very much.